everyone and welcome to another episode of Solace in the City. Today I am freaking out because I'm with podcast royalty, host of We Met at Acme, and millennial dating expert, Lindsay Metzlar. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Oh, they, oh, this is really a dream come true. I don't know how I'm like keeping it cool right now, sort of. <laughs> so for anyone who doesn't know or doesn't listen to the podcast, which you should, um, why don't you start off by introducing yourself? Where are you from? How old are you? Totally. Your story. So as you mentioned, my name is Lindsay. I am 29 and I'm from New York City originally. Okay. Yeah. And so I started the podcast. Um, I was going through a breakup and I really needed a podcast to listen to about dating, but there was nothing out there at the time. And so I was just talking to a friend one day and on a whim, I was like, let's record this. Let's record the the conversation and let's make it a podcast. Like Mm -hmm. how hard can it be to submit a podcast? And um, the rest is pretty much history. That's so great. So when in your like time life did you of life did you do that? That was 2017. So I guess three years ago now. Cool. Yeah. So I was 26 just about to be 27 or maybe I just turned 27 and were you involved in media at all before I was I actually have a social media consulting company so I've always been involved in like the outward facing side of of media and talking you know as brands to the public and things like that but even though I still do that it's not as fulfilling as it is to talk to people like you and you know other amazing people who like actually are like getting something out mm-hmm. of it, you know? Yeah, definitely. And what did you study in school? Communication. Okay, that makes sense. I actually was a film and TV major, but oh, cool. then I was like, I'm not, I just, I can't, I tried to be a production assistant and it was just a shit show. And like this guy was asking me to get him Diet Cokes at like five in the morning. And I was like, I just can't do yeah, it. It's like a pledge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this, I feel, I mean, I feel like podcasting is a great way to have everything without needing to be like on it. In, I mean, you do live performances, so I guess yeah. it's different where I can just hide in my apartment. Right, but, but it's funny because like the live performances, you like once you start recording your own podcast enough, the live performances, like you could imagine that no one's there almost. Yeah, I feel that. Yeah, and it definitely is a way for me, I guess, to improve public speaking skills in some ways or at least conversation skills. I feel skills. like you'd be great. I hope one day. <laughs> Did you like growing up in New York? I did. I really did. I know a lot of people say like it's crazy to grow up to raise kids in the city. But for me, it's all about like your parents and your family and like how they how they do with you. And I felt like I got so lucky. My parents were so like on it and there for me and nurturing. And um, I like to think I turned out okay, but I do know that it's, it is a risk. Like the city is very fast paced and you grow up really quickly. So yeah. And I feel like you can, regardless, you mature early, but as you said, with depending on what influence your parents have on you could be for better or for worse. Yeah, exactly. Do you have siblings? I have a younger sister. Okay. Cause I was going to say, I also felt like being, I'm the youngest Yeah, and I feel like seeing like your sibling go through everything. It's also like, being raised in a way you know to yeah. know what to do it's funny and like i'll talk about it later but you remind me a lot of my sister oh that's she's that's a lot really wiser funny. than me <laughs> i swear to god it's like the second siblings like we like the the last borns or the youngest 
I always feel a connection to them. Always. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense because you're like kind of sitting watching and then you're learning from everyone else's mistakes Mm. so you can guide your own path. At least with Eleni, that's how how it is. So when you started the podcast, did you have like any initial goal? Was it more to share, to just talk with people and get feedback? Like what was your initial goal behind it? My actual initial goal was to talk about dating in the city and like my own experiences and like with friends and things like that and and talk about it just like the pains of of how it is because yeah. it's really hard dating in the city and just being single and I I kind of wanted to switch the narrative like it doesn't have to be hard it can actually be so funny and interesting mm-hmm. and like I'm 29 now a bunch of my friends are married like they love hearing about stories about me dating like they live for it yeah. so it's like why shouldn't I live for it you know yeah and it's I guess I mean it's a fun like pastime as well mm-hmm. to talk about it one thing I mean that's besides finding like taking all of your advice to heart I really like loved how you incorporate or advocate for mental health in your podcast mm. have you always like had a passion for mental health or how to where does that connection yeah. tie in that's a great question I actually didn't I was so anti-therapy for so many years in my early 20s and I was like I'm perfect I don't need therapy like why would I need therapy I'm so perfect and everyone around me has issues um, and then I kind of hit like a rock bottom where I was just depressed and I had like, gotten fired and gotten dumped and it was all in, like the same few weeks and I was not okay I was I think I was 23 at the time and I was like you know what I need therapy like I don't have an option at this point yeah it it was like I was so down on myself I needed to talk to someone and so I went in to see a therapist and for me it was like I was either gonna more or less going to therapy to get like an antidepressant or something because I was like I'm so depressed and then just talking to someone made me not need that yeah like truly it was a release where I was like I actually like she wrote me a prescription for an antidepressant and I never filled it because I was like I already feel better and that's just a perfect perfect example of why therapy is so important I think it's just interesting too because there are so many different styles and techniques and ways that people approach therapy that even if you don't go in and it's like not a great session that doesn't mean therapy isn't for you it just right. means that style is not for you yeah agreed it's like dating like you mm-hmm. you really have to shop around yeah definitely which is it's like a funny thing to add it i guess and when you're moving to new york and you're like don't have time for anything but it's i think it's a necessity yeah no it definitely it's worth it so one thing i've found in having this podcast and kind of like what you said with you found just a kind of comfort in talking mm-hmm. was that like it, with a therapist was that this whole podcast in a way has been kind of cathartic for me and I was wondering if you had any thoughts like you know back when you were first starting the podcast and were dating and then like dirt throughout your podcast when you've like had ups and downs and you know now opening about your breakup like have you found it like to be a kind of a relief when you talk about it or how does that yeah I actually really do and it's interesting that you say that because I've been I've found that my podcast is so cathartic and right before I came to you 
I was recording like the beginning part of my episode where I just talk mm-hmm. and it's inter- it's different than therapy because there's no one talking back mm-hmm. but it's so cathartic and and it's like I have realizations as I'm speaking that I didn't realize and talking about my breakup it was so it first of all it makes you a better person when you're on a podcast because you really watch what you're saying yeah and you you are respectful and honest and I feel like there's no way around those things so I felt like I was able to like speak my truth in a respectful and honest way whereas like if you're just talking to a friend like who knows what you'll end up saying and yeah if you really think that that's you're really taking the time to say what you're feeling as opposed to just like saying out of a moment of sadness or something yeah so I do think it's cathartic yeah I've definitely found that I mean for me I was always open about my mental health and anxiety and things like that but I hadn't really talked about like an eating disorder that I had more recently developed or more recently more recently addressed mm-hmm. and just talking about it on the podcast it was almost of a, a way of normalizing it without yeah. needing to make some like coming out and then I don't I don't know it just felt like a huge weight was lifted off my chest because I was putting it out there yeah of course and, have you seen the Taylor Swift documentary yet? No, but I, I want to. She opened up about her eating disorder, which was so great to hear because, I mean, if you're someone who has struggled with that in the past, you would look at Taylor Swift and you would know that there was something a little bit off when she was like, you know, very thin and yeah. like, not that it's all about genes, but like you would see her parents and like her parents are not like skinny people Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, this doesn't add up. And I just was so grateful that she, I mean, like, I don't know her, but that she yeah. addressed it as Especially well. Especially when you have like a so many people, like Yeah, so many people look up to her. Yeah, that's, I definitely, I see like, I mean, there's just so much importance in someone big doing it. And not that I'm on any like scale like that. but No, it definitely makes a difference. Yeah, for sure. There, I'm sure there are many people who look up to you. I hope so. <laughs> oh my God. I have so many questions that I selfishly want to ask, but I also just, I'm trying to narrow down to the important stuff. Mm. But in terms of like, I mean, your podcast is about dating and love and romance. And this is for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I was wondering, I, I don't know if the, if you had this as a poll or if you've talked about it before, or maybe the both. Mm-hmm. But I always have this like debate with people whether or not you need to love yourself before you can let someone else love you. And mm-hmm. I was wondering what your thoughts on that were. That's so fascinating because we just talked about this recently on, really. I think it was just on our Instagram polls. And I posted some article which basically said that you don't need to love yourself before someone else really? can love you. And that, I forgot what it said exactly. We have to look it up after this, maybe put it in like the show notes, but I didn't really agree with it. I was like, no, I think you really do need to love yourself before you love someone else. And it's interesting because our grandparents, you know, they got married at like 17, 19, Mm -hmm. 20. They didn't love themselves, but they somehow made it work. And that's the one thing where I'm like, "Mm, okay. Like I think, but I think if you're choosing between one or the other, why not love yourself? I mean, there's no way that it's going to hurt. Whereas not loving yourself could, because then you could get insecure, you can get in your head and you can sabotage it. 
yeah, I think what I would do to tweak it is say you have to love yourself in order to get the love that you deserve. Exactly. Because Mm -hmm. there's definitely been times I've like been in a low point Mm -hmm. and been like in love or been infatuated by someone. Right. But there's never been a time that that's worked out. Yeah, exactly. Or like some of it could be like you're doing too much of something. Like I remember when I was like smoking too much weed, I thought that I loved myself and that was like part of me loving myself but it definitely wasn't. And the people that I ended up dating during that time were not good for me because like, that's how I showed love for myself as opposed to in like a more healthy way. Yeah. And just by being in your best self and feeling good, you just give off an energy that's Mm -hmm. more attractive than, or at least, I mean, that's what I've experienced. And just when I finally was fully addressing my anxiety and things like that, I find, I mean, it's, I don't think it's a mere coincidence that like it, ha- I started dating a guy and I'm still dating him like right. afterwards. And right. Definitely not. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely, I don't know. I want to read this article now because I, I know I need to thoughts. find it. I'm sure it's on my highlights on my, we'll find it. Cool. Okay. What are your three biggest like pieces of advice or go-to rules mm-hmm. when it comes to a first date in New York? Great question. I, um, the first one is don't have more than two drinks. The second one is if you've never met this person before, don't have sex with them. Mm-hmm. And the third is smile. Oh, I like that. So, I mean, I agree. Let's say, I mean, I'm just going to play like devil's advocate for each yeah, one. Yeah, please. Let's say you're, on a date and you're getting like drink somewhere you get Mm -hmm. two glasses of wine or something and Mm -hmm. they say oh let's go to like another bar yeah i would say i would love to but i have to wake up early i would like let's definitely do this again do you think that people take that as like the i will like i need to wake up early you take that as no because then you're like you can say like do you want to walk me home there's always another option, you know, yeah, and then you can like kiss outside your apartment and then you leave them wanting more. Exactly. And I mean, I definitely agree with if you haven't met them, don't have sex on the first date. But what would you like? What do you say to the people who provide an example of like, oh, I've married. Right, my right. I think a lot of the time as women, when we go on a first date, we expect if if it's going well, you know, we want it to turn into something. Mm-hmm. And I think if you don't have that feeling and you're like, I don't think this is my person, but I do kind of want to have sex tonight, then all power to you. And then who knows? Then you might start a connection that way. But I think if you're going into it, wanting to build a connection with someone, you shouldn't have sex. But if you're going into it, like with the fuck it mentality, don't care if he calls me back after or if she calls me back after then. Yeah. I'd agree with that because if you already are starting to develop feelings, you don't want to, I don't know, feel like you need to do something in order to secure. Exactly. Like I feel like sometimes and not all the time, but sometimes, you know, girls or guys will say to me, I just didn't want the date to end. So like I just kept going with, you know, whatever was going on. Yeah. And then not only did it end, but we had sex and I haven't heard from them. Yeah. And then then no one's happy. Yeah. 
um, it's funny, like kind of how I was mentioning earlier, in so many ways you remind me of my sister because she just has so much self-respect and is just not picky because she's not being picky. She's just knows her worth. And, and whenever I listen to your podcast and you're giving advice to people and like how to respond to a text or how to not like just not respond, Mm. I think of like, that's what my sister would say. And so so she's moving here next year. So make sure she listens to your podcast. Yes. We'd love to meet her too. She's so cute, but she's cooler than me. (laughs) (laughs) Another kind of debate I have or not debate, but, thing I have like a definite opinion on is whether I don't think that friends with benefits ever works and I was wondering what your thoughts on that were Mm, that's a great I know I keep saying that's a great question but I just know as a podcaster like it's 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 not easy to come up with interesting material um I have had this debate before I have rules for when it works as a woman. Mm -hmm. I don't know how guys think of it, but for me in the past, I I had a friends with benefits friend for years. He moved to LA, unfortunately, but for years and the way that it worked was that he was younger and I made sure that he was younger because I didn't take him too seriously meaning like I so had had so much respect for him and really enjoyed our time together but I never thought like oh what if I catch feelings and want to date this person because in my mind I put him in like the younger box yeah you know and I was like he's great but he's just he's too young like Mm -hmm. and he's not serious and so younger was my first rule the second is mutual respect like you have to be respectful to one another if one of you gets into a relationship there needs to be some sort of heads up otherwise they're not going to be there for you when you're out of the relationship and you want your friend with benefits again yeah and i don't think you should go out on dates i just don't i think it's like unnecessary with friends with benefits yeah like it's just it's more like booty calls like late night hangs like hangs at your apartment oh i see yeah, like, like you I don't can go think, on dates with other people. Yeah, yeah, you can go on dates with whoever you want, but I think that, like, towards the end of my friends with benefit ship with this guy, he like had asked me on real dates, and I was like, I actually love you, but like, I can't go on a date with you. Do you think he ever developed feelings? I do. I think towards the end he did. Yeah, I think it's one person is gonna de- like someone. One person feelings. always will, but. And again, like I'm so traditional, but as a woman, it's best if it's not you. Yeah, that's, I agree. I think it's, whether it's that quote or whatever it is, the whole, the man like in the relationship has to like be a little more attached. A little attached bit more attached. Exactly. And that's so why true. the younger thing is so great because they look up to you. Yeah. No, actually I'd agree with that. Um, so some of your polls, like I am obsessed with them and I always look through them, but it's funny because there's definitely some that I've been on the like very majority um like or very minority minority. yeah well one of them is just me being like crazy anxious which was like i forget what it was but it was saying how if they haven't saved your number and you've been going out for three months Mm. like if that was a deal breaker (laughs) red flag or deal breaker it was like 97 percent deal breaker but (laughs) when the and I guess I still do this, but 
it's I a superstition. Never, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm so superstitious, and I never save a guy's number until we're like fully dating. I used to be like that, but as you get older, and remind me how old you are again. I'm 24. Okay, as you get older, you will not be able to keep track of who is yeah, who in your that's phone because you'll be talking to business people, you'll be talking to friends of friends who like want podcast advice. It's like uh, if I didn't add someone's name to my phone, like I would. I would fuck up. Okay, sorry. Yeah, you can curse. Like, I would totally mess up. Yeah. And be like, who is this? Like, yeah. It's just so I'm with you, and I used to do that all the time. Like, I was so superstitious about it. But now I'm like, I I need to know who I'm talking to at this point, you know? Yeah. I, I justified it at the end. I mean, I'd get like a 518 text, and I was like, oh, Jack. <laughs> but right. I also work with him. So mm-hmm. then I was like, okay, I don't want his name popping up on my phone. I'd rather just be an area code. Totally. And then another poll that I found really interesting. And then it's something that I would also just like love further advice on because you did explain it in one of your episodes, but you had the poll of like, can you ever be too independent? Mm. And your explanation was along the lines of if you've, you know, let's say like I would, before my recent boyfriend, I was single for five years and I mean like with failed flings throughout but and then I definitely it's definitely an adjustment like having inviting someone else into your life and getting used to I don't know cohabit not cohabitating as in like co-living but right. you know and saying oh there I'm coming over I'm like why but mm-hmm. I guess what would your advice be to someone who does like I do consider myself to be very independent mm-hmm. and I do like my space yeah, I, I would say it's just, it's all about finding a balance with whoever your significant other is. And like, for example, if like I am, I am pretty independent and my ex was also very independent and I almost at times felt like we were both too independent, almost to the point where when we broke up recently, like not much change in terms of like your lifestyle yeah and and I'm like is that a red flag possibly you know so I think if let's say you're independent and let's say your significant other is not so independent I think you do need to compromise a little bit Mm -hmm. uh, and like give up some of that independence knowing that if this is the person that you're going to be with forever eventually you're going to live together and be in each other's space. And then you're going to have to kind of adjust to that. So I think if you are very independent, try, and also if you're very dependent, try to see the other side a little bit and flex to that, but also have these conversations like openly with your partner, like, Like Oh, like I love being alone by the way. Like, is it okay if we, you know, only have like, a couple sleepovers a week so that I can be alone the next day. But I think like the second you get too ruly about it, like I, I dated someone who was like, no, like we can't do sleepovers two nights in a row. And I was like, huh? Yeah, like like that kind of person. A, like strict thing. About right. Yeah. Is like destructing themselves. Yeah. No, I definitely agree with that. And the communication aspect is crucial. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. What was... Oh, yeah. So I know that, like, I don't know how recently, but you, like, stopped drinking and yeah. 
stop smoking. But was there anything that particularly like t- triggered that as in like made you decide to stop or was it just like a, something that happened? Yeah. So if you ask anyone who knew me like years ago to like say something about me, they would have been like loves weed. She loves weed. And that's not untrue. But it got to a point where I was smoking more than I wanted to be. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't eat and couldn't sleep without weed. And that was freaky to me. I was like, I would travel. And if I didn't have weed, I would be very irritable. And it just wasn't fun anymore. Like weed once upon a time was like something I would smoke with my friends and laugh and like do fun things. And then I started smoking alone and like not being able to ever stop and like waking up and wanting to be high. And like people say weed isn't addictive, but for me it became that way. And I think it was like a morning I woke up and I smoked and I didn't want to that. I was like, this needs to stop like not never again. Mm -hmm. And so I stopped smoking and then I, like I could have continued to drink. I never really had like that much of a problem with drinking, but I'm allergic to wine and I can only really drink tequila. And so drinking for me was like, I'm either blacking out or I'm sober. And it was really hard for me to find a balance in between when you couldn't really only drink tequila on the rocks. So I was like, I don't really need to drink. Plus like if I do drink, I'm going to want to smoke again. And then here we go again. Yeah. And yeah. And I just, I feel like I get that from my dad. Like he's such a square and like, he's so into being in control of like who he is and his environment. And I feel like you probably can relate to that as a Virgo. So like, I just, I liked the idea of like not having to like, next day at a party be told that I said or did X, Y, and Z. I just, you know, I just wanted to see how it was to not be influenced by any like mind or mood altering thing. And I haven't really looked back. Like I have not regretted it once. Yeah. It's interesting. Like, I mean, definitely it's not like with age, not, but I, I've, I feel like like as I've gotten older, because I'm like not allergic to wine and I've just been having like emotional hangovers where it's Mm. especially as someone who you know is like anxious a lot and like I did suffer with depression it's not fun to like induce yourself with something that you is just gonna make you feel worse right but it's not that it's like hard but I feel like because I'm young and not the people who are in my life still are like want to go out and black out I guess like how and I it's not that I want to separate myself from them because I realize that I like I am still like 24 and people like take different times to realize like when they want to slow down their drinking habits and things like that but I guess how what like what would your advice be for someone like my age who's hanging out with like my all of my colleagues are young 20s and want to do happy hours every day like what would your advice be for someone who's like kind of doesn't want that lifestyle yeah well definitely just pick and choose like if you do feel like you want to go to happy hour or don't I don't think those coworkers 
will have anything against you or friends like if they're if they're good friends and also like if you do want to hang out with them and go to that happy hour you don't have to get a million drinks you can get one drink you can nurse it the whole time you can get a diet coke and no one who doesn't have like an issue is gonna say anything and and also like 24 is really hard because it for me it was a time where like all my friends were doing coke and all my friends were you know partying and and going out and me included um but I never felt like for like the coke thing for example I never was into coke like I just didn't like the way that it made me feel so I would just like you know chill like hang out when they were doing it like and not pass judgment and just kind of try to focus on me um but it can be really hard I feel like when everyone around you is is kind of doing the same thing I think that's how like the weed stuff got worse and worse for me because all my friends were smoking just as much so yeah I was hanging out with them I think that the frustrating part now is like but I don't feel like I need to just justify myself for just saying like I just don't want to drink. Right. Whereas a lot of people will be like, "Oh, but like, why not?" Well, you know, and mm. I get it, I guess, because a lot of people are still in this college mindset. But I guess it's just something that I have to. I think people with. feel uncomfortable when it's not like an even playing field. Like people will like, especially at twenty four. I can remember people being like, come on, drink, like get on our level. Come on. Yeah. And it's just like their own insecurity. Yeah. It's projecting. because like they're lost still and like new and like don't know. They just don't want to be alone in what whatever they're doing. You yeah. Know? Or it's one of those things where they're thinking in their heads. Well, like, why isn't she like, should exactly. I not be? Exactly. So it's yeah. just a projection. Um, trying to think. Oh, OK. So. Uh, you had another poll I think it was pretty recent where it was something like is it or I forget what it was like your bet your ex's best friend of like I don't know would it be bad to date your mm. like ex's best friend when you dated your ex let's say like six years ago and it was pretty high in like yes it would be bad um and it's I mean it's not funny because like I was guilty of that and again like I don't want to blame it on my mental health but it was right when I was in like a really bad place Mm. but I thought that was interesting and I didn't I mean I haven't heard your opinions would you agree with like yeah I need to like keep sharing my opinions on the results because I haven't in a while I I realize um but I definitely I mean if it's your best if it's your ex's best friend like there are more people out there. I just don't yeah. think that you need. There's so many people out there. Unless you truly feel like, that it's like your this person, person could. Yeah, could be your person. It's not worth it. Um, having said that, if it's if it's like someone. Like in the other situation, for example, let's say it's someone that like your friend has hooked up with in the past, but like never fully dated. That's different. Yeah. You know? No, I definitely, I mean, looking back and I briefly like hooked up with my, one of my ex's really good friends and it's something I look back on and I hate myself for, but I also take into account now that 
I wasn't at like the best place in my life. And the guy did make me feel special. even at a time where I was really looking for that. Mm. And I was taking full responsibility for it. Whereas like he was hooking up with his best friend's ex. Like, right. Like I, I it's one of those things where of course women have right, of to course. take the, take the blame. But it's definitely something that like was the, I didn't have like a strong opinion against, but it was like, Oh, I'm guilty. But, I don't know. I thought that mm-hmm. was interesting. Very. And I wanted, so I wanted to pull up some of your new polls and see your I hope thoughts. I have, I feel like I haven't posted a lot today. Let's see. But there's, there's a there must be some. Okay, good. And how do you come up with these polls? Either submissions or things in my own personal life or yeah. just like things that come to mind. I feel like there are some that are so specific. They must be submissions. Yeah. But it's funny. My friends like always try to figure out when it's about me. And they're like, <laughs> They're like, is everything okay? And you're like, oh, but no, it was someone uh-huh. else. <laughs> okay. If someone you're seeing non-exclusively gives you an STD, do you break for do you forgive them or break it off? Um, I would forgive them depending on if they were upfront about it. I feel like there's such a stigma for STDs. Yeah. And listen, like if you're not using a condom with them and that's how you got the STD, why are you judging them for not using a condom with someone else? You're not exclusive. You should confront them and be like hey i think i got like chlamydia from you is that possible and it's really all about how they react to it from yeah. there like if they and, gaslight you then yeah then obviously fuck that but if they're really sweet and like maybe that opens up a conversation for an actual relationship yep that's true it's 80 percent break it off people are ruthless ruthless can it still work in a relationship when you expect more pda than your partner i th- this is funny to me because I think it was like 80% yes. I, and then I did a follow-up question after. I feel like PDA is so, has to do with who you're with for some reason. Mm. I mean, I do agree that some people just don't like PDA at all, but I like was that person who didn't like PDA at all. When I'm with someone I'm pretty excited about, I can PDA, you know? Oh yeah, I agree with that. And I, yeah, I think it definitely depends on and yeah, I feel like if you're with the right person, then it won't, you won't feel uncomfortable with the PDA or vice versa. Right, exactly. Um, is it better to sit next to or across from someone you are out with when you go out to drinks? If you can sit next to each other, that's great. Um, this one was hard for me because someone asked my actual opinion on it and I think I said next to, but both. I mean, as long as you can see them and feel close yeah. to them. How soon into the relationship can you talk about kids and how many you want? After official or after one year? The sooner the better, I think. You know, I I know it's not an option, but maybe even before official. You want to make sure they want to have kids. But you don't have to talk about your kids with them. You can just talk about kids in general. It's weird. People said it's 56% after one year. But yeah, I feel like that's a normal thing to talk about. It's not like, oh, what are we going to name our children? Right. Is there such thing oh yeah, as not liking PDA or is it possible they just haven't found the right person? Is that yeah, what? No, I think they just haven't found the right person. I agree. Is there such a thing as closure sex? Not in my opinion, but I have many friends who have done it. Um, I'll say that it wasn't the last time that they had that closure sex, you know, kind of opens up a window to just continue having sex with your ex. Yeah. Wow. It's weird that it's so close. Mm-hmm. It's like 
six it's fifty four percent no, but forty six percent yes. It's crazy. I would say definitely there's no like I don't know if it'd be closure. Uh, it just sounds like sex with your ex, masked as closure sex. Yeah. Is the first person you date after a long relationship always a rebound or can it be legit? I think it can totally be legit. I actually just addressed this on my solo for this coming Sundays. Um, it, you, I mean, depending on age, obviously, but you kind of know exactly what you want when you get out of that long relationship. And it's almost like you're more clear headed because you're like, well, I definitely don't want X, Y, and Z that I usually probably just had. Um, so this is what I know that I'm into right now. I also definitely think it depends on the person and the time and Mm -hmm. where you are in your life. Exactly. Like, like, I don't know, maybe I'm just making generalizations, but I feel like maybe for guys it's, if you're, you know, maybe they like, I think guys are more rebounders than girls. Cause I think that they just haven't processed. They process much later. That's so true. Do you talk about politics with people you're newly dating? I think you should be able to. um, And you should definitely know if they're like a Trump supporter. Yeah. But I don't think you need to. um, Yeah. It's like not something that you you, need to ask on the first date. But like if it comes up, it should sound natural. I think the reason I asked this, it's more like, like the Iowa caucus was on last night. And like I was texting with someone like fairly new and I was like, should we be getting into like our thoughts about it? And then I was like, meh. Like, yeah, like should it's we? not really making a sexy. Do you find someone who smokes cigarettes less attractive? Yeah, me too. What about jewels? More so. Even. Me too. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> Such trash. You were sick with a stomach bug. Mention this to your partner. Your partner's busy in a course for work and doesn't have a lot of free time, and they never checked in to see how you're doing. Do you have the right to be upset? Depends how busy they are, um, and like. Did they not check in in 24 hours or like in three days, you know? But I would say it's such a hard one. Don't be upset, but like say something. Like say what you need. Yeah. Be vocal. Also, friends, like is this, are they still like studying for the LSAT tomorrow? Right. Or are they just always complaining about their workload? Right. And also like this just goes to show it's like, it's like that meme that's like, did someone check on you today? Like, did your friends check on you today? It's like, why don't you check on them? Yeah. You know, like, why don't you check in with this guy and say like, how's your course going? And then he'll tell you. And then he'll be like, how are you feeling? Instead of just sitting there being like, I'm so mad. Like, yeah. we it's, don't it's, let it takes it, two. Um, like faster. ruminate. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I usually end by asking five questions which I found in this thing that's like 32 questions to get to know someone and like fall in love. And of course, I oh, I them. love those. Oh, I sometimes ask those. them on dates. There's yeah. I mean, they're so great to talk about. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the first one is what's one thing in your life that's happened to you. That's made you a stronger person today. Mm. Um, that's, that's good. I think like I went to an all girls school my whole life. And when I was in sixth grade, all the girls decided that they didn't want to be friends with me anymore. And it it ruined me, but it made me so much stronger. That and getting rejected for the first time. Yeah. 
that's funny. I had that happen to me in seventh grade or eighth grade. It's like a rite of passage. Yeah. You know, and now I'm like, like girls in middle school are so mean, so mean and boys like, ugh. Mm-hmm. I actually, it was funny. I had like, um, this guy from like my growing up, like I've known him since I was four and he was such a bully, got kicked out of my middle school and he snapchat DM'd me today. It was like, you've gotten really hot since then. I was like, fuck, fuck you. you. <laughs> like, Bye. thanks. Seriously. But, okay. Second question. Do you believe everything happens for a reason? Yes. 1000%. How? Everything. How so? Just everything. Like every decision you make lead to, leads to something else. Um, everything that's meant to happen does. And it, it builds you. Do you think you were like that all to astrology? No. Um, I definitely do believe in astrology and like the personality signs, the personality traits of the signs. But I don't think that astrology has to do with everything happening for a reason. Gotcha. And kind of as a side note, what got you into astrology? Mm. My roommate junior year, my friends all went abroad and this wonderful girl moved in and she had these astrology books and we read them and it was amazing. Yeah. It's funny because I was talking, I was explaining this to my parents this weekend and saying why I I found it so fascinating. And I think it's to do with the fact that just, I mean, if you look at it as like, I'm not a very religious person. My mom's Mm. Jewish. My dad's Greek Orthodox. So I was very raised where I could do whatever you want. Right. And it's just another thing to believe in. Yeah. And so it's like every, I mean, people who like shit on it, it's like, okay. It's like, but you believe in God. Yeah. So. You're like praying to some mythical like man in the sky. Right. Like I'm just thinking about the, how the stars, you know, make me like how I can work on myself. Yeah. Because just looking of, inward. Yeah. So I thought, I think that's interesting. That's what I got. Maybe download CoStar. Mm-hmm. If a crystal ball could tell you anything about yourself, your life, your future, or anything else, what would you most want to know? Will I be happy? That's it. Yeah. Would you be worried about like the answer or do you think you'd know that it would no, be yes? No, I think it would be yes. Yeah. I like that. Okay. I know you ask like for favorite quotes at the end of all of your podcasts, but do you have a favorite quote or like a mantra that you live by? Mm. It's funny because I initially like the one I would always tell yes um, is like if someone shows you who they are pay attention mm-hmm. but now I feel like that's so overdone from my podcast. Yeah. Um, it's a good one though. It is a good one. It really is. Um, oh this is so good. Actually I I forgot exactly how you say it but it's something like it's something like Someone somewhere out there needs exactly what you have to offer. Oh, I like that. So. And like, and I like how you can kind of apply that to any sort of like relationship, whether it be romantic or Romantic, friendship. Yeah. Mentorship, anything. It's funny. There's, uh, this is kind of related, but um, I follow a lot of different like mental health instagrams and this one just was talking about this new number that's created and you basically text it like you know like you're gonna have you're an amazing person and someone needs and you're gonna have a great day 
Mm. and it goes out to a complete stranger and then you receive one yeah that's that's um what made me think of this thing i was on one of those emails and i had to send a quote to someone a positive quote and that's the one i sent oh that's so cool okay uh last of the five questions is what do you love most about yourself does it can it does it have to be um like a trait or can it be like a physical trait anything I have really nice feet. <laughs> Jonah said, I have really nice eyes. I was like, <laughs> he would. No, mine's like weird. Like it's weird to have nice feet, you know, or like to like be all about your feet. Do but you have like the the toe, this middle toes goes up or is it? Yeah, it's it's bigger. It's bigger. I forget which. There's one that's like the Egyptians. They, yeah, like. they say if your big toes, if your second toe is bigger than your first toe, it means like you're really smart. So Interesting. I like to think that that's what it is, but maybe it's a deformity. We'll see. What's your favorite emotional trait or like? Yeah, <laughs> my favorite emotional trait is just um, open mindedness. Like I'm so actually that's not true. I mean, yes, that's true, but. <laughs> my curiosity is like the best thing it's gotten me as far as I have gotten. So do you think that's helped out with the podcast? And Oh yeah. I just, I, I can't like, I can't relate to people who aren't curious. Like it blows my mind. Yeah. Like inquisitive. And mm-hmm. I think it just, it means you have interest in people. And you're not apathetic. Yeah. Like yeah, that. exactly. And then the name of my podcast and the question I end with is how do you find solace in the city? Hmm. I love that therapy or friendship because you'll always have friendship, you know, mm-hmm. and just talking. Mm-hmm. That's great. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for letting me, this is like the craziest thing. I feel like I'm listening. <laughs> I feel like I'm having an outer body experience right now. Like I'm sitting at my desk listening to your voice and my, my earphones, but you're right there and I'm That's talking. So funny. This is wild. Where can anyone who doesn't follow you find you? And for those who do, like when is when is your next show? How can people contact you? Yeah, so you can follow me at We Met at Acme on Instagram, or the podcast is on iTunes, Spotify, wherever else you listen to podcasts. I don't know when this will be going out, but we have a show February sixth at WeWork. We've got um, something coming up the following week as well. So you can find out about all of that by going to wemetatacme.com slash tour. Cool. And you also help with dating profiles. Yes. Um, on wemetatacme.com also, I do dating consultations. Amazing. Well, thank you again. This has of been course. so great. Thank you so much. Oh, wait, actually, I just wanted to quickly say to my listeners, because I said this to you in the beginning, but for anyone listening one of the reasons that I started this podcast was after listening to Lindsay's because I was in a very low place after moving to New York and having like listening to other people have conversations was so therapeutic for me while I was sitting at my job, like typing away to people who are yelling at me and things. And it just, and then to hear be someone be so open about, you know, like having self-respect and going to therapy and how it's normal really just inspired me and then I the, it really just opened this door and I don't I wouldn't have this if it weren't for you so thank you so much thanks Zoe you're so sweet yeah well bye everyone